0: Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value.
1: Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm a robot.
0: (laughs) Named Alex. And with us joining for the third time is another robot named Rachel,
2: aka Brent Raptor, the creator Mm -hmm. of the webcomic Miriam Beach. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. uh, good. Miriam Beach is very dead. Um, no, it's just sleeping. And it's just, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's, just, it's just resting its eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I am barely clinging to life myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said before um, we got started, I've been working retail and it is sapping my will to live, which already wasn't that healthy. <laughs> so yeah yeah we've both been there to a fun podcast it's me talking about how retail is destroying my psyche you know well, you
0: know I feel like it's relevant to what we're gonna talk about
2: today it, it is it is shockingly relevant because I, <laughs> I did give you you said like are there any like points you want to hit and like I wrote really big capitalism <laughs> so watch out for that listeners
0: yeah <laughs> How are you, Alex? What you been up to?
1: I've been playing Kingdom Hearts, and I'm so close to getting the Ultima weapon.
2: <laughs> that sounds fun. I I've never That's played the game, but that sounds fun. Just the combination of words. <laughs> it's a good combination. Um,
1: I don't think the third one needs to be played necessarily
0: it unless you only
1: want the ultimate weapon the only fun part is like that grind that's not too hard but just hard enough that you like have to do it over multiple days
2: that sounds very much like a sex thing or video games a sex <laughs> thing? because like i'm not 100% sure what video games are
0: i mean sometimes <laughs> sometimes they are yes
1: huh. what a world <laughs> well i mean th- Kingdom Hearts isn't necessarily a sex video game, but, but if you describe it is, needing though. to go to the Moogle to synthesize different synthesis items in order to craft the ultimate weapon, it does sound a little bit about sex.
2: Listen, <laughs> nothing sexier than the Slinky from Toy Story.
1: <laughs> okay, but the Toy Story world was way better than it deserved to be.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Disney, you guys, we gotta just mention that Aladdin trailer.
2: It's so. Bad. Or we could
1: not. Or we could not, and just talk about the Frozen Two trailer.
2: We could do. We could do yeah, both. Could. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, the- I love. I didn't finish Frozen, but I definitely oh. want to see Frozen Two. Oh, I
0: thought I think Frozen is a delight. I understand people who are tired of it. I got a bit tired of it myself, but I'm ready for Frozen Two. But this Aladdin trailer, though. See, it's a bad trailer, and 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 it's not just this terrifying specter of Will Smith. It's mostly a that. bad. It's a bad trailer, though. Like I, I watched it a couple of times, and like I was just imagining, what if Aladdin was not a cartoon that existed already? this trailer wouldn't make any sense or be anything. Like, it's a bad, bad trailer for a movie. It's not just that that movie itself looks bad, but the trailer itself, it's like, what's happening right now? Like, if I didn't know who these people were, I wouldn't know who these
2: people were. There's nothing here. Disney just 100% is banking on recognition. They're not trying to make a good film. Um, it's really a shame because, like, they started out from an okay place. Like Maleficent no. was pretty good. So much effort is going into it. Like, I know it looks like complete doo doo bullshit. Like you <laughs> look at it, but you know, so many man hours went into just delicately sculpting those abs and just trying to compose <laughs> that face onto that <laughs> weird plasticky frame like that. That is so much money and so many oh. hours. So many people worked on that. So many people had to green light that. It's just it like more effort somehow than animating it again.
1: I just remember being so upset um, existentially by the Entertainment Weekly cover with Will Smith as the genie, yeah, it's not blue. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> blue. And then now that he's blue, it's even worse.
2: I, Alex, <laughs> that is so valid. And thank you for bringing it up. Well, I,
0: the funniest thing I think I've seen anyone say about it was that the trailer makes it look like the porn parody of itself. It
1: oh does.
0: yeah! <laughs> oh no! It's bad. It's bad, y'all. And they've announced the next one. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Hunchback, and no! that scares no. me more than anything because, no. as you know, Alex. That's my very favorite Disney. It's burning cartoon. my skin. <laughs> it's good. And it's okay, real here's real the most terrifying bit of news I've heard about it. Uh-oh. One of the executive producers is Josh Gad, which means he's no. probably playing Quasimodo, probably right? Quasi. No, he's
2: probably
0: Quasi. I love Josh Gad,
2: but that's wrong. It's just real wrong. It's it's not good and it's very bad and I'm sure there's going to be they're gonna ha- they're gonna get somebody to play Judge Frollo or whatever his oh, name is who's way uh-huh. too hot and it's going to be a mess like yeah. that's, that's what they're
1: doing it. to make hot that's villains
2: that's a well, cold see, shot
0: here's the thing and they can't do it um, for for reasons which will become obvious once I name the person but the only Judge Frollo I would accept is um, Jeremy Irons oh. uh, but he would be fantastic but he's already Jafar so you can't. Or not Jafar, um, Scar. Yeah, he was he was Scar in the he cartoon, and so.
1: Well, but if Josh Gad basically owns Disney now, Jeremy Irons <laughs> can be two different characters.
2: That's yeah, true. Was LeFou. He was LaFu, so yeah, and he
1: was um, Olaf.
2: Olaf, he, like... He's like all the annoying ones. You can't. <laughs> you, can't you can't How are you going to make Hunchback an annoying sidekick? I, I know that's far. the thing. That's the sort gargoyles.
0: Of his niche and like sure mm-hmm. everybody deserves a chance to sort of rebrand and but not yeah. now not with this josh i don't trust you with it like I'm sorry, you no. maybe you can pull like uh you know maybe you can pull it off and yeah. and and become a dramatic actor but this isn't how you do
2: that no i'm sorry alex <laughs> just mentioned the gargoyles and i just wanted to say if they don't have jason alexander back on <laughs> i don't riot <laughs> I will burn her yeah. to the Brown. Oh god, who would they cast now though? Like I bet they
0: do something awful and cast someone just like super wrong and terrible for the role.
2: I don't even want to think about what they do with Esmeralda. Oh no. There aren't any Roma actresses that I know of. No. They they're need not. A big man, so it would be somebody who They're is just going to cast a white Roma. lady.
1: They're going to yeah. pick a really hot buff dude to do the voice of Quasimodo, and he's going to be CG.
2: Nah. I that bet would... you.
0: Oh my god. they are just going to do the whole you. movie in CG and call it live action, like with The Lion King.
2: They should do, they should, um, Andy Samberg, there's a really forgettable and awful SNL skit where he plays the, uh, like, overconfident hunchback. I, I just <laughs> have an hour of that. Like, 90 minutes of Andy sure. Samberg. Or if, they,
1: or if they ever do uh, Little Mermaid, they'll just have... Um, Andy Samberg. What's her name? And, well, Andy Sandberg, but there's... Um, the, As all the,
2: characters. The,
1: the lesbian comedian on SNL when she Kate does McKinney? the blobfish. When she does the blobfish.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I just hope... <laughs> Lindsay Ellis, back when the uh, when the Dark Universe, the universal monster oh, Dark yeah? Universe was trying to be a thing, uh, she had Lindsay Ellis had joked that they were going to do a reboot of The Hunchback of Notre Dame with Ansel Elgort as Quasimodo.
2: She did say oh. that. She did say that. <laughs> that would oh, be something. Man. Oh, oh no. Goodness. So
0: Disney is making a lot of bad mistakes right now.
2: Um, and I'm sad. Well, they're, they're, are we talking like about Disney? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is just a Disney-themed show now. Usually. <laughs> usually it about is. We talked Disney for ten minutes. Kingdom <laughs> Hearts, Aladdin, and, and now I, Hunchback. I
0: love that cartoon, you guys. It's breaking my heart.
2: Hunchback is good. I, I re-watched it um, a couple months it's, ago.
0: It's so good. So it's a
2: very weird movie. It's very it's good. It's
0: not. It, it's tonally really really confused, but
2: yeah, I, I think the Lindsay Ellis video on it made me appreciate that a little more. But yeah. I disagree. I disagree with the fact that she seems to hate the gargoyles because <laughs> I, I, I know Bender is, is objective. I mean, yeah, it's it's tonally
0: super weird and yeah. wrong. Like she's not wrong about that. Like yeah, we're going from like you software, know the greatest.
2: Justice for it.
0: the people of Paris to, yeah. you know, I'm gargle at hijinks. a bird. <laughs> Listen you to know? a bird. Yeah, so that's true. But I, but seriously though, a guy like you is a very cute song, and Jason Even Alexander could,
2: does a great job it, with it. it. Rhymes Adonis with croissants. What more could you <laughs> want? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Oh
0: no. Okay. Um. I suppose we should talk about something else. That we meant to talk about. But what? But what? Yeah, we're here to talk about Bub's Burgers. Oh, a good Bub's
2: Burgers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, I hadn't watched in some time because I didn't have access to it. Because it's just on the Hulu these days. But... My brother's girlfriend was like, "I can hook you up," and she gave me her Hulu login. And for like the last
2: week, I've just been doing nothing but watching Bob's Burgers, and it's great. I just I like the the implication that I've been watching them on Hulu. I most certainly have been not. I'm a cyber criminal. <laughs> well,
0: cry for help. Luckily, no one listens to this podcast, so no one's going to turn oh, you no. in. <laughs> Uh uh, so yeah, um opening thoughts on the Um, Burkers show.
2: I I wanna say that this is one of my favorite shows. Uh I always say this caveat when I recommend it to someone is the first season is not at all indicative of what it's like. Um I was trying to think of a way to describe the tone of the first season while I was walking home today. And I think I came up with Strident. It's a lot more Strident than um, the later seasons. Huh, Odd what do you mean Carter, by that? Well, because everything's like... They kept doing that one thing with the scare cord where they zoom in on the face. They use that very sparingly now. Um, mm. They used to be more like, oh, this character has an annoying voice. Let's focus on that for an episode. Like the whole episode with Linda's mom. Um, mm-hmm. But A little bit more just classic think- sitcom-y sort of... A lot more punching down. Uh um i just i can't in good conscience recommend this is a great intro to it because i'm just talking about how bad it is (laughs) i'm about to talk about how amazing it is the first season is just bad skip it in my opinion there's some good stuff in there not enough to warrant it i think you should just start with season two um it's a show about um a family who um works at a burger restaurant um the main character bob is um kind of a self-made man his dad owned a diner and now he's kind of um doing his own thing he likes to make kind of creative uh burgers and like give them <laughs> funny names puns are a big thing on the show it's like such uh, a big thing they doing puns. funny store names way before the good place that's uh, <laughs> true and uh it's kind of it is it's a very much of um, a, a family sitcom but what I was trying to uh, like kind of articulate to uh, Ashley before um, we started um, kind of uh, while we were kicking around ideas um I wanted to articulate it's not a dysfunctional family sitcom it's a very functional family like they mm-hmm. clearly love each other but they're mostly like kind of either confused by one another or <laughs> kind of just um enable each other's weirdness and that's something I really love about it it's
0: Um, it's it's so refreshing to see some like positive relationships between characters in comedy it's so easy to tell a story about characters who don't get along because conflict is just innate yeah. It's a mu- much more challenging and rewarding to tell a story that
2: is funny and interesting about people who like each other. <laughs> I could not have phrased it better myself, and that's absolutely what Bob's Burgers is. Like, the funniest jokes in the show are just the characters riffing with one another. Um, <laughs> a lot of the conflict, it, most of the conflict is externally from outside the family, and I want to talk about like what those sources of conflict are a little later, but... Um, something that I think really sells the camaraderie of the family is um the the actors seem like they're friends. Uh for sure. This is a Lauren Bouchard show and he did um he co-created home movies.
0: Yes, uh, I want to actually talk about home movies a little bit.
2: Oh please do, please do, go I, ahead.
0: I freaking love that show. Like yeah, I mean you okay. go back and some parts have not aged well, but overall That's it's true. extremely funny. It just It's just really good, and, and it does have a lot – it's its even sort of looser than Bob's Burgers. There's a it lot is. more sort of improvisational comedy happening there, and Brendan it's Small fun. and really H. John Benjamin play
2: off each other so
0: well all the time. It's, it's
2: really funny. H. John Benjamin is a great improviser, and I didn't even realize um, – the uh, the whole cast uh, is is pretty good at it actually like mm-hmm. Kristen Shaw is is pretty fantastic it's <laughs> extremely um, good occasionally she'll just butt in with something really weird um, <laughs> and I I guess Eugene Merman is just like evergreen at saying something fucking weird like I know so, it's just absolute nonsense yeah. yeah yeah and
0: I I do notice some sort of uh. Maybe inheritances from home movies in Bob's Burgers—certain yeah. things, certain you know, jokes and ideas that sort of came along yeah. from from home movies. I, I think that the the clearest sort of like uh, copy over was um, the <clears throat> sorry the the twins, um, Ollie and, uh, yeah. and
2: uh, I'm so glad somebody mentioned Andy and Ollie in relationship. Andy and Ollie, because they're just Walter and Perry from... Yeah, Walter and Perry. They're 100% Walter and Perry. They're just like a little less weird and creepy than Walter yes. and Perry. Oh my god. And actually, um, Courtney reminds me a lot of Fenton. I think it's the same okay. voice actress. Yeah, who um, is? Fenton yeah, I don't know. also voices um, Hugo. The guy who voices Fenton also voices Hugo. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, but um, Bart Lynch is in both. There's Sam a, Cedar. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of inheritance. It's, um, home movies, especially the first season, made a lot of use of retro scripting, where the they just kind of like I think that's what it's called. They kind of say like, here's what happens to this episode. Now just, just do have fun with it. And right. Bob's Burgers does like a very micro version of that. I think they're given a little bit of freedom. Uh huh. I feel no. like you're
0: being real quiet there Alex. I'm sorry that we're Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's all right. I was just going to also add that um another thing that's really interesting about Bob's Burgers at least uh later on in the series mm-hmm. is that every single family member is just really weird.
2: Mm-hmm. I know. I no love that
1: later on in the series.
2: I love that there's no normal one. Yeah. Right. That happens too often in sitcoms where there's just like one normal one. Usually it's like a woman, but yeah. like it's it's either the mom
0: or the dad. And you would expect Bob to be the normal one in this case, but he's he not. He's he extremely weird, to
1: weird too. Weird. He definitely he starts off that way.
2: Yeah, he just well he like just talks to like he'll pick <laughs> up like a pencil and just be like, "Hey, Bob. How are you doing?" He'll just kind yeah. of <laughs> he's just a little well, bit also, more like, secretly weird
0: than the others. Yeah, and <laughs> he's he more quiet about it.
1: He's, he's later on. He doesn't. He can't hide his neuroses as well later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. and he's and he's like, he he doesn't pick at his children a little bit more for their eccentricities later on because he's like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm in that reminded a little bit of King of the Hill, mm-hmm. um, but I think Bob's Burgers is the better for it in um, contrast to King of the Hill, I think maybe got a little less... It got too squirrely, I think. Yeah, I mean, Hank Hill season one is not Hank Hill, you know, final season. Like, he's just not the same character anymore. Um, Whereas Bob, I think that it was just sort of a loosening up
2: and a a discovering of the character. It's really weird. I I don't feel that the characters have been flanderized at all. This show has gone on for very long, and I don't feel like they're caricatures of each other. Uh, no, yeah.
1: I think they've they've taught each other things. Like in Bob's case, his kids have taught him to sort of let go a little bit and yeah. sort of just have fun.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's like the writers um, have been kind of growing into the characters rather mm-hmm. than letting the characters kind of dictate everything. Where yeah. they're like exaggerated versions of themselves. Yeah, or even like weird.
0: I feel like Definitely flanderization.
2: Too.
0: Flanderization okay. is
2: often sort of the. Uh
0: the the worst impulse of a comedian to just chase a joke mm-hmm.
2: regardless
0: of its appropriateness yeah so you know characters will become flanderized but it's like oh that's really funny and I guess this character would do that it's a little much but that's mm-hmm. fine and then it just keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening and then the character it becomes just like this enormous blob of like joke rather yeah. than than like a a reasonable and and relatable and consistent yeah. person.
2: And I think the characters are still really nuanced, perhaps more nuanced than they were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's very, very weird to have a show that has gone on for—I think it's actually like almost ten seasons at this point—and still yeah, be I like think, very good and have consistent characterization. It's a little unnerving, actually. Like it's—I'm <laughs> just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, and well, it it out, Crummy. It just had nowhere to go but up.
0: <laughs> well, it's glad that they did that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a good thing that they, they got it yeah, out of the way early. Yeah, they found their way, and that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, it's very interesting to see the legacy of home movies in Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. To have it just sort of, you know, it, it doesn't follow the impulse of some other sort of like cartoon sitcoms where it gets further and further away from real life.
2: <clears throat> the Simpsons. King of the
0: Hill. Yeah, (laughs) and and feel like all of them, really, they just run out of stories, or so they think, and they start reaching for really crazy stuff that doesn't really make sense anymore. That dovetails
2: a lot with what, something I wanted
0: to talk about, but I just
2: interrupted you. No, no, that's all right. I
0: mean, I was saying, like, uh, it, you know, another thing to its credit that after, you know, nine or so seasons, like, it still feels grounded in its yeah. location. It feels like a real haven't place. haven't gotten
2: to space,
0: you know? Yeah, they it's still, it's still well within the realm of possibility, and a lot of wacky hijinks have happened, but they're yeah, all yeah. feasible hijinks, uh, and it, I think home movies yeah. kind of managed to stay grounded in that way as well.
2: That's why I liked home movies, it's because it was, it was animated, and um, but it decided to keep itself more grounded than most live action things, which uh-huh. I thought was a novelty. But something I wanted to talk about with Bob's yeah. Burgers is that usually there's an escalation of stakes. I'm doing like an escalation, like movement with my hand that you can't <laughs> um, I'm not, Like looking at anything even. Um, usually there's an escalation of stakes because like, well, what if the audience gets bored or what if the writers gets bored? But, the stakes have more or less stayed the same in Bob's Burgers. Like they're not going on bigger adventures than yeah. usual. There are like very. There's like, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. It's not predictable because like the fourth season finale had Bob being tied up under a pier to slowly drown, <laughs> and I think the fifth season finale had him being glued to a toilet and being sad about it. <laughs> so, I just love the weird relationship this show has to its own stakes because uh-huh. he, Bob will die. Like Bob will almost die once a season, but there'll still be a scene where he'll wait around a french fry and like make it talk to him. I don't know. Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's, it's great because I, I think that the writers really understand that stakes are so dependent upon relationship to the characters, you know, oh. it, I just watched the one where Gene wants to get his chocolate candies back. They changed oh, the formula insane. and he's mad about it. And it's like, who, it's like, this doesn't matter at all. Like he, his favorite candy has a new recipe. And that's what the whole episode is about is him just dedicated to trying to get his old candy back. And then he doesn't like, they they yeah. don't succeed. Um, but you care because Gene cares and it, it doesn't yeah. matter that nothing important will come of this like okay they changed the recipe of a chocolate candy life will go on but it matters to gene so it matters to us
2: yeah it's uh, it's really weird because you're you're right i keep saying weird in relation to this show and weird <laughs> i have to confirm is is a neutral term and actually but it's, it's remarkable of- maybe yeah, in the case of Bob's Burgers, it's actually a positive term, because yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like Bob's Burgers, where the characters will sometimes break into song, but it'll still somehow be the most grounded sitcom on TV. <laughs> um, Agreed. Agreed.
0: What, what are your guys'
2: favorite songs from Bob's Burgers?
0: Oh, God. Oh,
1: it's been so long.
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I've just been like pounding episodes, so it's kind of a blur at the moment. I I don't know that I could pick a favorite. I mean, I do really love, I mean, just speaking of the music on Bob's Burgers, is Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, which is another thing that it inherited from home movies is all the music. I love that. Um, (laughs) but the, the one with the, with the murder mystery musical at the restaurant, (laughs) where the murder,
2: yeah. I don't even remember I was not talking about like what Linda like burst into song about you mean like the end credits songs uh, no no I'm talking about like songs that are Uh non-diegetic like when Linda sings it's usually diegetic like it's usually a part of the episode um but uh like the non-diegetic songs like bad stuff happens in the bathroom which (laughs) is the one where he goes to the toilet bad stuff happens in the bathroom you know that one not um, really, but it's very funny. It's really good. Well, I can I'm not singing it on key, so you'd probably no. know. We did, but
0: no. uh, it's
2: a duet between him and Louise, and it's like really weirdly poignant. Me and my mom actually <laughs> like, watched it last night because she was curious. She she says she likes, um, uh, that <laughs> she likes H. John Benjamin's singing voice, it's weird. <laughs> He can't sing. I mean, he can't sing that well. He's pretty monotone. <laughs> you know, he's not a singer. And we have people on the show like Kevin Klein, who could really sing. Yeah. Kevin Klein and Megan Mullally. And then we have people like John Roberts who's actually surprisingly an amazing singer who voices uh, Linda. Right. Um, and, I mean, Dan Mintz and Eugene Merman aren't that great but their songs are fantastic. They're funny, um, yeah. It's just really great uh, in in um a couple of songs you'll have like a really good singer opposite a kind of crummy singer mm-hmm. and it still works lauren bouchard's score is just fantastic
0: but that's oh, you know what
2: happens what's... in the bathroom is a duet between Kristen Shaw and h john benjamin and it has to be seen to be believed because it's really great do you remember what season that's in oh I, I think i said it was the season five finale but i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm doubting myself it's I, really uh... good the visuals for it, um, I think, really help too, um, because you have like an imagined spot with um, with what Louise is thinking and what Louise wants, and then what Bob wants in that scene. Mm-hmm. I um I did fun. just recently watch the
0: one um, where. Tina intentionally gets uh, detention because she made significant eye contact with that boy. Oh my god,
2: I just watched that one today. Her significant eye
0: contact song is very good.
2: I just watched that one today, that is so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I I suppose now that I'm
0: thinking about it, yeah, I like a lot of Tina's stuff, her like weird Tina Land songs uh, and her just like getting into her imagination. That's very fun. Yeah. You know, Alex. Yes, Alex. Alex. My favorite
1: song.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't remember any of them, but I love it when they always, you know, either play the full version of the song during the credits or they have like
2: mm-hmm. an
1: intense, very talented singer do a version of it at the end credits. Yes. Yeah.
2: I, I love it when they have like the full remix. And like they have yeah. that ukulele, like I like it when they do ukulele covers. Like I mm-hmm. usually hate ukulele covers, but they did this amazing one with "99 Red Balloons."
0: Um, oh my! I...
2: It's it's in the it's in the episode "The Odor Games," which is also a season oh, finale. That's a great um, one. I remember. Yeah. I definitely yeah. I like that one a
0: lot. I came. I into just this love Calvin Fish Odor, odor
2: a lot. I, when... I came into this episode wanting to talk about Mister Fish Odor let's
0: do because i am a huge kevin klein fan and i just when i realized you know when i first started watching the show that that was kevin klein uh, my heart leapt a beat because it was just i it love that man me. uh-huh that's how <laughs> severe it was wow <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry i will pay for your cardiologist no i mean um calvin fish is a really interesting <laughs> character um i don't I wouldn't say the show has like villains or no. it has recurring antagonists, but they're usually just like bullies. like Hugo uh, and Sasha. Hugo, uh, Logan. Oh, I love Sasha. I love Sasha.
0: <laughs> um, I do too. Logan. You know, I got to say, that's like one of the funniest character types to me is the like super privileged white person. Like I find yeah. that character so funny. Uh, Like Lucille is very... my favorite character on Arrested Development. Yes, I just definitely. love that
2: ditto i'm I, he, I think he's i think it's the same guy who played um one of the rich dicks on on Kroll show i think his name's john daly who's voicing sasha and he's just doing the rich dicks character oh, he's it's so really funny good. uh but yeah actually a lot of the character characters we're listing are rich and white or like mm-hmm. kind of um like hugo not really um, no hugo does represent a system that well, I think he's an authority figure
1: that sort of character yeah. is an antagonist to the whole family because they're you know lower that's middle really. class to low class mm-hmm. and so that's just a world and a type of person they can't really relate to
2: exactly mm-hmm. exactly and uh jimmy pesto i think is a perfect mm-hmm. foil they yes. were trying to set him up as like a huge rival to bob but they've kind of chilled on that in the later mm-hmm. seasons where he's just a dickhead who shows up to say something stupid and then leave. Yeah, because he
1: he has. I mean, he's got the same sort of lifestyle. He just his restaurant's a little more successful.
2: Yeah, he's actually he's kind of a sellout. I think yes. he's a foil to Bob in that he sold out his integrity. Yeah, he wants to keep food warm, he doesn't care about quality. Yeah, he, he bought he part. bought
0: the the cheap horse meat. Like he was yeah. the he was the horse meat hookup. So like, yeah, yeah. he's just. And and that I think, you know, cuz you had mentioned, you know, the the C word capitalism, uh it's it's that you know, Bob has his sort of scruples and he has his lines that he will not cross and Jimmy Pesto doesn't have those scruples and so he mm-hmm. is more successful sometimes because he's willing to put aside his sort of conscience.
2: Yeah, he, he sold out his own name. His mm-hmm. name is Jimmy Poplavish, or something like that. I think <laughs> that's from the yeah. first season, so I don't remember it. But it's not Jimmy Pesto. He changed his name. He changed his identity, um, and he sacrifices quality. Unlike Bob, who is yeah. like, almost, like almost like almost like depressingly authentic. Uh
0: huh. Um, yeah. I mean, th- there's that whole thing about how Bob like does the burger of the day just for yeah. himself, like, he thinks it's fun and funny, and nobody really cares or buys the burger of the day except for Teddy, but it doesn't matter because yeah. it makes him happy
2: <laughs> exactly like, he's really just um, doing it for himself, and I don't know if I'd call Calvin uh, Fish Odor um, an antagonist per se he's, I, he's occasionally an
0: episodic antagonist
2: Yeah, I, I do see him as um, like probably the biggest threat to their family yeah and it's it's no accident that they've kind of um, positioned the landlord character as the villain because it's about a middle class family and he's also like very much depicted as a Bond villain like, he has <laughs> that cape. he dresses all in white yeah. he's kind of a creepy brother Yeah, played by Zach <laughs> Galifianakis extremely cool. funny Oh my god, yeah. Uh Calvin Fisher is also yeah. worth a mention. Um <laughs> very sad. His redemption arc. <laughs> he got a redemption arc somehow. Um yeah, he's great.
0: I've been
1: watching but, a yeah. lot of um One Day at a Time cuz the new season just premiered mm-hmm. and I'm now realizing that Fisher um has the same sort of uh character as the landlord in One Day at a Time who's like desperate to be in their lives and like be part of their family but is kind of forcibly separate because of his position to them.
2: That reminds me
0: of Teddy. But yeah. Well, I, I think with, Fish odor. It's more of a like he sees them as disposable things that he can use when it's convenient for him. So like sometimes mm. he's like you know Belchers here I am and I need something from you and you can't refuse me. But
2: really good Kevin Klein. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
0: I do I do enjoy his inflections. He but say like
2: that.
0: Belchers. Yeah. It <laughs> it, so it's not he he'll just come and impose himself, um, but I don't think he actually cares about them or w- wants a relationship with them so much as no. he just believes that he is entitled to them when it suits him.
2: Well, <laughs> I, I really do
0: I, I love that Louise is the one who can deal with him best.
2: Yeah, like she works on his level. <laughs> yeah, she really does. Uh, I think it's because she's um kind of an aspiring um like venture capitalist <laughs> I like, think so she's, she's got a very much like she's really scheming um and i appreciate she, that like calvin
0: yeah calvin will like meet her on that level like he doesn't think that she can't do it because she's a child like he's a hundred percent willing to to like meet her there <laughs> yeah
2: well, oh, like, l- that's one of the things I like about Bob's Burgers is that like characters will just forget that they're talking to children, <laughs> and they'll be like, are well, you yeah, an eight-year-old girl?" Okay, yeah. Oh wait, no, sorry, Louise is nine. Don't add nine. me. Yes. Um, nine, yes, nine would him, kill me.
0: Like the uh, the 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 one where they're trying to get the mall Santa to believe that they've been Henry good. Winkler. Henry Winkler. Yes, I love Henry yeah. Winkler. He's funny. Uh, but like. When she's like tr- making a deal with Calvin to like get the ice rink and they're just like playing hardball with each other and he's yeah. like 100% in it with
2: her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like frequently expressed um, like tendencies like, oh, I want to be him when I grow up. Like there was that episode where she opened up the casino in their basement. Yes!
0: Yeah. She loses all the money playing rock, paper, scissors.
2: That's adorable. See, that's what I mean about the stakes always being at a really strange <laughs> But she place. loses five grand doing it. Yeah. I think there's no better metaphor for like where the stakes are at in any given episode of Bob's Burgers than losing fifty grand on rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Because it's 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 never in a place you'd expect.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's because, you know, even they wanna have exciting moments in the show, but each new episode they need to start where they left off. Yeah. So they can't really like win the lottery or oh, you know no, anything like and, that. And,
0: but yeah, I, and I think I think you're onto something with that though because yeah, with The Simpsons, it gets very hard to wipe the slate clean every episode. You know, when something remarkable happens, then for their lives to just be that. unchanged after that is frankly bizarre whereas with bob's burgers you keep the stakes low and life goes on as usual and you can start from square one every episode
2: without much finagling well i will say this bob's burgers is not a slave to its status quo something i've really enjoyed about it is that Mm -hmm. it's really built out a cast of characters a lot of sitcoms that i've seen have this syndrome where like they get into the later seasons and they're like okay, we need a plot. Let's just introduce a new character just for this one, Mm -hmm. like, episode, for this one plot and dispose of them. And they've kept all their characters that they needed for just one episode. And so they've managed to build out, like, a world. But I agree with you, is that it is kind of weird how the show seems to stand still despite it being grounded. Like, it's... It's getting weird for me to see them, like, have birthdays and have Halloweens. and like, they should be aging. (laughs) That's just sitcom syndrome. That's just how it goes. I I never think about that with any other cartoon, but they should be aging.
0: (laughs) And I think it's because it feels a little bit more real. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, Bart Simpson can't get any older. He's Bart. Yeah. You know, he's basically Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But these characters feel like they are growing and changing and progressing and, in their lives and that, and and
1: that is what changes like there's their position in the world stays the same but they're them as characters they do learn they they develop new parts of themselves that w- were not there before um, yeah I think Louise in yeah.
0: particular is a character who's really sort of grown over the course of the show and i'm here for it most of all
2: yeah gene is starting to show a character arc which i think is really interesting yeah like he's starting to get friends outside of his family and that's been kind of an interesting thing to see yeah because he did you know of all
0: of the characters i think that he maybe was the shallowest um, I still loved him, but yeah. No, he was super, super funny. He's super cute yeah. and funny, but you know, he was just there to say something wacky and make a fart noise, and that's fine. Like that's extremely that's funny, that's and I, I love it. For.
2: That's what I'm here for. In yeah. life, <laughs> yeah,
0: but, but it's
2: interesting to see him like becoming Dame
0: social. Yeah, to like be like a he's like oh hey maybe I'm growing up into like a real boy, <laughs> and that's and that's wow it's, that it's reminds
1: me be. of of little Bob.
2: Yes! Oh my God, my favorite. <laughs> I think about that. I think about him dressing as Bob about twelve times a week. <laughs> <laughs> For those playing along at home, just look up the clip. I think it's called like I don't know. It would be like Jean dresses as Bob or something like that. I'm sure you can find it with little googling. Yeah. I, I just call him what uh, Linda called him, which is travel size Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Linda like is you. really has a talent for naming, I think.
2: Oh, I love my little Bobby. <laughs> I just have to bust that out. Every time I talk about Linda, I just have to bust out the John Roberts impression. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, 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 I maintain that the funniest name she's ever come up with is Little King Trash Mouth.
1: Little King Trash cool. Mouth is an icon.
2: What about pudding snatcher, big baby pudding. Snatcher? <laughs> okay, that's that's a very good one too. That's a yeah. very, 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 very good
0: one. <laughs> uh, I just got every. <laughs> so you you'd mentioned um, before we started there was something uh, you found a little personal connection between uh, something in Bob's Burgers and your comic.
2: Oh right, okay. So I came in here the the first episode. I had watched in a while, um, well, okay, sorry, um, I'm gonna start over because that sentence was bad, um, <laughs> I, I, I booked this podcast at, at a time when I'd been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers, and then weeks went by where I didn't have a chance to watch any, so to prepare for today, last night I watched, um, World War II <sighs> and Warforce. um, which are the, the that's the two part finale to season 4 i think i hope i got those numbers right i think warhorse goes before whatever um it doesn't matter they're all weird puns every episode's a weird pun um which we i want to come
0: back to the whole pun thing
2: <laughs> oh my god we'll, we'll we'll keep coming back to it <laughs> um but uh there's a moment in it that um I mean, the the whole episode exemplifies everything I wanted to talk about, which was the stakes are really high, but at the same time very low. Um. Uh, there is a weird kind of tonal dissonance. Like uh, they manage to somehow maintain suspense while having all the characters just fucking around and improv all the time. <laughs> it's a it's a really strange and um, it somehow works, but it also has the it's, it's a story about how gentrification is kind of threatening their war. Um, right, um, real quick, for because it's yeah. been a while since I've seen the episode, can you just give yeah. a quick recap of the plot? Sure, yeah, and then I'll talk about the part that resonated with me. Yeah. Um, because, spoiler alert, it's something I directly plagiarized later and forgot about. <laughs> these, um, these things happen. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay, so... Uh, Calvin, the their landlord, Calvin Fishoder, the family's landlord, he owns the burger, burger restaurant and um their building, really. Their home. Um, he has a brother. What? Their home. <laughs> their home. Yeah, their livelihood, uh, their hearth and home. And um, he has a brother named Felix who's voiced by Zach Alphanakis, which isn't important, but it's important to me. <laughs> it's um, always important. And brother Felix comes in and says, hey, everybody, I think I'm going to convince my brother to sell the amusement park at the wharf. It's called Wonder Wharf. Mm-hmm. And um, he says that it's called Wonder Wharf. No, he doesn't. Um, I'm really bad <laughs> at summarizing things. Why did you ask me to do this? You can get, you can do it. Oh. I know you can. Okay. All right. Well, okay. He says, I'm going to convince my brother to sell Wonder Wharf, Bob, but I need your help. Uh, and Bob's like, why should I help you? And uh, Felix says, well, because uh, when I replace Wonder Wharf with condos, you're gonna have all this money from um, like rich people. You're gonna be able to make an upscale restaurant. And Bob's like, okay, that's kind of a fantasy of mine. Um, and so he and Linda are kind of um, seduced by the promise of of money, and uh, they convince uh, Mr. Fisher or Calvin to uh, sell the wharf, but then. They return home, and it turns out Tina has bike-locked herself to the (laughs) merry-go-round. They're trying to destroy it. Um, And she reminds Bob of all the beautiful memories they've had at the amusement park. And she says, this town is a part of you. This wharf is a part of you. Uh, And she says one of my favorite Tina lines, which is, Dad, I love you. What the hell were you thinking, you idiot? Sorry, I love you. Um, (laughs) That's Tina. (laughs) she is the best like when she's angry you can't tell and that's the best part about it um but bob realizes yeah i can't sell the wharf and so he convinces calvin to renege on that offer and that makes felix really really mad so he decides to tie them up under the pier and let them slowly drown as the tide comes in (laughs) and the back (laughs) one So that was a lot and it was very confusing. Just read the Wikipedia summary next time. Uh but the second episode has um Linda and the kids desperately searching for Bob while he and Calvin basically just kind of banter while they're dying and it's the funniest it's the funniest and scariest that Bob's Burgers has ever been. Um but they end up being saved and this is the part that uh, I think Ashley was alluding to um when they reunite, they have like two full minutes for the characters who are like, Oh, come here. I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you, dad. Hi, Jean, Jean. Hello. I love you. And then Calvin and Felix are just like, what are they doing? <laughs> and I kind of cribbed that in um, my comic Miriam beach, which it's very weird to say, cause I haven't thought about my comic in about 10 years. Um, <laughs> But there's, in the chapter, Let's Flash Back, there's a whole, they're really drunk, and they're like, oh my god, I love you, Mason. I love you, Charlie. I love you, Chef. I love all of you guys. And then you just see Louie, and she's just kind of checking her phone to see (laughs) what time it is. And it's not, like, the same joke, but it's the same sensibility of, god, these people love each other so much. Uh Oh, it's It's so sweet. Yeah, it's just, it's very sweet, but it's also very stupid like it's 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 cutely stupid I think Uh authenticity is just always going to be unselfconscious and weird and messy and Bob's Burgers does authenticity very well I agree
0: I agree um but you did in your in your recapping you did you did mention some uh stuff that's very interesting uh to sort of discuss the, the way that like the sort of moral of the Episode is like don't be seduced by, you know, worldly things. Don't let the, you know, the,
2: yeah, because they're going to tie you up at gunpoint and let you
0: drown. <laughs> yeah, but like the, but you know, Tina brings it home. She's like, what's most important here is these experiences that we've had, and if we get rid of that, we're saying that those things don't matter. Like we're, you know, we're betraying the you know, the, the, what's really important in order to have some kind of superficial personal gain.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, she, the whole um, wharf kind of e- exemplifies, it, it, it acts as synecdoche for the entire show. Mm-hmm. It's just that the wharf is just something really, well, not for the show, just for the main conflict of the show. It's just um, something kind of crummy. Uh, but That's full of, like, love and memories and just the (laughs) constant conflict between people who are trying to, like, um, maybe, like, gentrify or improve or, like, um, sell something out. That's usually where the conflict lies in any episode of Bob's Burgers is between integrity and money and uh, capital and personal Mm -hmm. gain.
0: Yeah, I just I just watched the one with the um the aquarium when they're trying to save the aquarium and they try to tell the IRS it's a religion so they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. 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 And that one's kind of interesting because it's a similar sort of plot of like this old thing here in town that we love and it's maybe shabby and it's not doing so well, but it's important to us for sentimental reasons.
2: That's um, a good scene, a moment too. Yeah,
0: Do you what in that one when she's talking to the IRS guy about the sea cucumber and how like yeah. it makes the world a better place,
2: right? Because it it sucks up all the shit that nobody wants. She doesn't say shit, <laughs> oh, and then... but it like takes in all of the dirty, gross stuff and then puts mm-hmm. makes the
0: place cleaner. You know what it outputs is actually cleaner than what it takes in, and mm-hmm. it, it recycles things and 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 makes the ocean cleaner. And it's a wonderful metaphor um and that's why the irs guy wants to join the religion <laughs> yeah but but that one is kind of interesting because yeah they are sort of they're just trying to like dupe the irs but it's very interesting that they go to this like uh religious place with it
2: <laughs> yeah well a lot of places have, have you know pulled the tax exempt oh, yeah. church a bit yeah, i only know that because i saw one episode of john oliver oh gosh <laughs> yeah before. That's a that's Um, a good one, yeah. But uh, it's true. There actually there are a lot of episodes that are like this thing is run down and that's okay. Yeah, quite a few man. And just speaking of John Oliver, there was another great episode I just watched.
0: I watched a lot of episodes recently. um, The John Oliver was in. That's another one of those like you know oh the cat show one the the one with the with the cat chef the
2: the the cat food
0: commercial with. Yeah.
2: gail's cat uh, mr business which is my favorite name for a cat i've ever heard in my hey, life my gail i know i've done a lot of impressions this <laughs> time and we all been bad but i just want to give you my gail because it's very good i bet guess who's on new meds <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's like she's really here
0: uh but i that one with john oliver it's another one that's really good because like bob's like oh gail you know she doesn't make very much money and she's always borrowing money from us um so if if her cat becomes this famous cat food cat then she can not need to borrow money from us anymore but it turns out that it stresses mr business out to like do all this stuff and it's bad for him and gail yeah so he's he's licking all the fur off his tummy And Gail is like crying because she loves her cat so much and she doesn't want to make him do this. And Bob's like, You're right. Like, you love your cat and that's super important. And we care about you and what you want. And so if you don't want to make your cat do this, then we won't make you make your cat do this.
2: Yeah. For a show about very stupid and weird people, there's like (laughs) a surprising amount of emotional intelligence happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that is interesting. Like,
0: so much uh so much of the the show is people sort of learning to be more emotionally intelligent.
2: Yeah. Or at least realizing that they aren't. Yeah, and trying to
0: do better. Like they are like, oh yeah. that was bad of me. Like I need to work on that.
2: That's like, cool. My favorite my favorite line um I think that basically what you're describing is the end to The Runway Club, I think is what the episode's called. And my favorite line from that, has got to be Tammy's like, and it's okay that I'm jealous and terrible. And Zeke's like, no, fix yourself. <laughs> oh, actually, that's, that's from Tina and the real ghost. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's from Tina and the real ghost.
0: Because you know, Zeke is a very funny character.
2: What? I love him. <laughs> He's a really weird character, too. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, he's one of those characters, they kind of give themselves a freebie with him, and I think maybe it, it, like, makes it so the writers aren't as tempted to do that with other characters, where, like, you know, Zeke is just this, like, buffoon, and then occasionally he'll say something that's just, like, it's so funny that he said that because you wouldn't expect him to say that. Um, And and I feel like a lot of shows, namely Family Guy, have sort of gotten themselves into a bad place by just doing that all the time with all of the characters. It's like, well, the joke is that Stewie wouldn't ever say that. And it's like, well, there's only <laughs> so many times you can do that joke before every character
2: just would say anything and they don't matter anymore. Um, That's true. I, I don't think Bob's Burgers does that many out-of-character moments, and when it does, it's, be, it's for a good reason, like when Tina yells at her dad. Mm-hmm. Like whenever Tina says the word damn or hell... <laughs> It means something, it you know. They're not just doing it for a cheap joke. It means that she's genuinely incensed, and that somebody did something wrong. Uh
1: huh. What's everybody's favorite side character?
2: Oh, mm. oh my god! I cannot believe I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> the side characters are the best part. I would probably right, just watch I'll, a show I'll about start. just this.
1: With... My favorite, my okay, favorite go. side character is the librarian.
2: Oh, uh, Mr. Oh my god! Oh, he's so sassy. Mr. Ambrose, Billy, yeah. I can hear Mr. Just, Ambrose.
1: Uh, uh, so good.
2: <laughs> I yeah, I like how he's always just like whispering something under his breath, but his whisper is louder <laughs> than what he's actually saying. <laughs> um well I have a favorite. Yes. Can I go? Please do. Uh she's only in one episode. Oh, I know who you're gonna uh, say. I know- It's a cop-out to not pick a recurring character because the thing I like about Bob's Burgers is that it has recurring characters, Um, but my favorite character is Nat. She is a limo driver. I forget who she's voiced by, which I know is shocking, but everything she says points to a much larger and weirder story than I could possibly imagine. Like, there's just a throwaway line where she's just like, yeah, I could get, I got into this restaurant because, uh, the dishwasher is my senpai. <laughs> 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 I'll be like, oh yeah, I have like, oh, I forget what she had like, um, beans that she throws at like people I dated, white people, etc. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah, I mean, so angry. Is there's so many. Every a tapestry. I-, I can just list them off. Um, Sasha is one of my faves too, mm-hmm. just because. That's a very funny character. Um, He's just, he's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Um, It's really hard for me to pick. I mean, I'm tempted to say Calvin Fishouter, but he's almost seems too... He's a main character. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, and that's why it's like, he's so, so, so funny, but he shows up a little too frequently for me to feel like that's a reasonable choice. I I just, I...
2: Um... What about Jocelyn? You guys like Jocelyn? Uh t- <laughs> Yeah, I love Jocelyn cuz her whole character is that she's basically like Heather McNamara from Heathers. She'll just agree with whatever oh anyone says. Oh my god, says. you're right. She 100% is. She's I I did draw this once. I drew uh Sasha and um Tammy and Jocelyn as the Heathers <laughs> and Tina's. Well. Oh I my god. That That's so but perfect. But I didn't finish it. Well,
0: now you have
2: to. No, I don't.
0: Oh, that's so funny, though. Yeah.
2: That's so, so funny. I, I did have, like, a. a I, you know this, Ashley. I had, like, a whole Bob's Burgers as uh, Sweeney Todd cast. <laughs> oh, oh do I had. know? <laughs> Hugo and Ron as the judge and the beetle, obviously.
0: Oh, of course. Hesto
2: oh, is my own, obviously. <laughs> Oh my god. That's so good. Like it writes itself. <laughs> it does. It just does. That's so good. And Gail is Mrs. Lovett. And he's an amazing voice.
0: Yeah, and it's Sweeney I mean, Bob.
2: Imagine yeah. Bob. <laughs> yeah, Sweeney Bob. Um <laughs> It makes me sad. It's sad that I had to fridge Linda. Well, whatever. Well, but uh, but she's yeah, not really Linda dead.
0: Probably. Is the thing? Well, oh, I know
2: she's not really dead, but still, yeah. I, I would love Linda. Linda would be a good. one But then she's too. like, alms, alms
0: <laughs> for <laughs> a desperate <laughs> woman. <laughs> she
2: turned into Jerry Lewis. I think Linda should just be every
1: character. <laughs> That's true
2: she would. She would do it a would one woman sweetie
1: pod. <laughs> I feel it's still called you, Joanna.
2: <laughs> it's about cute bob because she'd be like I'm doing this for you Bobby and he'd be like I, I don't know why <laughs> it's all about them they were clearly yeah, in love oh <sighs> yeah that's good that's good they, they're, they're just clearly they love each other even though sometimes they really just don't <laughs> get each other especially Bob doesn't get a lot of stuff about Linda um but <laughs> there's clear moments where you can tell uh one of my favorite Bob and Linda moments is uh, in the episode Eat Spray Linda where um (laughs) they've been they kind of she goes missing on her birthday uh and the family kind of tries to tail her and they find out like all the weird places she goes during the day like how she goes to like poop at a hotel or (laughs) she goes get free samples at a bakery or she goes to pet puppies at a store um and uh bob says i learned some things about you today some of which i respect and what i like is that in this many years into our marriage i'm still finding new surprises about you and that just seemed like a really nice and Uh, (laughs) genuinely honest moment uh that you don't see with sitcom couples i i and
0: you know that is one thing i really do like uh one thing i, I like a lot of things about the show that's what we're talking about uh but something that i appreciate is that in a lot of sitcoms it's sort of like why are these two married to each other like what yes. ha- what is it that you know it's like you you see them it's like why yeah, are you they're the always couple? so full what of happened? resentment why you...
1: and yeah
0: Right, like, what is it that m- you guys even have a relationship for anyway? Like, and Thank and yes. it's sad, you know. It's like, why is that our model for marriage? Like, I, you know, I want exactly. to, I want exactly. to see That's a married cool, couple, okay? and and see that they like each other and that they're friends with each other. And so, like, you know, at first, Bob and Linda seem like an odd couple because he's very low key and she's just really full of a lot of stuff. Yes. And uh, but then you see them together and it's like oh yeah yeah he's kind of a silly weirdo too he's just a little quieter about it and you know he thinks that it's fun that she's kind of noisy and crazy and big and you know he sort of grounds her but she pushes him to do new things and like you can see what their relationship
2: is built on she definitely enables some of his like crazier parts like in any episode where they're being really competitive <laughs> with one another you can definitely see that mm-hmm. it's just like they're old friends um which is nice and you're right in, in too many sitcom couples especially with like parents it's like what is keeping these two people together what brought them together then, in the first
1: well they're place? they're almost like the yeah. the the couple in married with children but they actually like each other
2: <laughs> a little bit i can see the yeah, legacy just, there I'm so floored by the amount of heterosexual couples who just hate each other on TV and we're supposed to believe like that's marriage. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I know.
0: Every time I see something where yeah, it's yeah, just like those weird sort of wedding announcements or like engagement photos where she's like grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and really? I'm like, like straight what, people, what is wrong?
2: <laughs> What foundation is that to build a relationship on? Yeah. It's weird because we never really explore what foundation uh, Bob's and Linda's relationship was based on. Okay, they do in the episode Sliding Bob's. Right. Is that he had a mustache and she was really into that. <laughs> he actually dumped the person she was engaged to. Because of a mustache. <laughs> it's a good mustache. Because he was really hot. And but like, and I love that though nice about nice. them,
0: because like, he's yeah. not the most conventionally attractive man, but Linda just yeah. thinks he's a total catch, and that's so sweet that true. she's like it's super so into sweet. him.
2: Yeah, she really, she really does think he's like the most gorgeous man. It's true. <laughs> it's really, and funny. I just think that's sweet. I mean, I, I can't tell if anyone's handsome within the con- context of the show. <laughs> One thing I don't like about the show is the visual style, extremely unappealing. They all look like them. <laughs> they're um, they're hideous. They all look like me, on, like they all just—they're all kind of chinless and weird. But um, when they when they have like a character who's supposed to be hot, like the character Helen, who's voiced by Caitlin Olsen, um, I'm like, she's supposed to be hot. She looks like everybody else on the show. Right. She looks like a performed Muppet, um, but. I think Bob is, in universe, supposed to be like not the best looking guy. He's slubby, he's overweight. <laughs> he's a sloppy bear. Yeah. a <laughs> reference to, oh god, which episode is that? Turkey in a can. I'm really killing it with these episodes. You times. really I are. I know, you're just busting them out. <laughs> um, But he's, uh, Linda is clearly very attracted to him still and they still kind of are in a honeymoon phase sometimes uh-huh. but they're also very comfortable around each other
0: yeah it's ah uh, it's just a sweet and like one thing that I really ha- was noticing as I was watching them is I mean honestly I think uh, as far as main characters go Louise is definitely my favorite um and <laughs> I, I noticed she's such a fascinating character because like she's sort of I mean, to, to put it into uh, to certain terms, she's sort of a chaotic neutral, <laughs> if you will. She's a great composite, a great
2: composite of the, the two parents, I think.
0: Yeah, but and she's like, you she's know, she, she's not yeah. concerned with morality, but mm-hmm. she does love the people in her life and want them to be happy.
2: Yeah, and after a while, she stopped being like, I don't love anybody, and then she started being like, okay, yeah, I love you. Yeah, don't make a um, thing of it, but I love you, and I'm gonna help you right now. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, 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 and it's, she did say that in, in, um, <laughs> in War Horse, she says, I love you, but that just stays between us, okay, <laughs> while they're
0: driving. And, like, the episode where they all do, get go, like, they all collude to make the scariest haunted house for Louise.
2: Oh, yeah. I love it
0: because they, like, they did so much just for her. And she loves it. And she appreciates it so much. And, like, they know what will make her happy. And they really want to do that. And she appreciates yeah. it so much. It's wonderful. Ooh, ooh. Can I talk
2: about something? Please. I mean, I have been for the past, like, my <laughs> great information. Um, well, I, I feel like I've been talking too much. But that's I why so we have you on hate. the show. Yeah, that's we why, why you're here. Is, every other week. Because sometimes Alex <laughs> yeah. is
1: tired after work and he just yeah, needs Alex, to not talk.
2: Not, <laughs> Alex, you've been very quiet. I admire your restraint. <laughs> um, whenever I'm in a room, I have to be the one talking the loudest. Same. Um, same. So, what did you want to say this time? I think I was meant to be a theater kid, but it never happened. Anyway, um... <laughs>
0: What what I really
2: love about Bob's Burgers, that's how I've started about every other sentence. (laughs) That's That's what what I'm going to title the episode. What (laughs) What I I love about Bob's (laughs) Burgers. How I learned to stop worrying and love the burgers. Um, (laughs) I really love that you can see where the kids' personalities came from. Yes. Like, it's you see like Louise and you're like, What where where is that come from? You have like this lovable schlub and you have like a weird drama queen, but then you'll see her like talking to like a fake skull and you'll be like, Oh, that's Bob Um <laughs> And like you'll see her do a weird maniacal laugh and you'll be like, Oh that's yep, Linda. Yep, like the laughs um, are the same. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really great. They do certain. I think I posted a picture of this on my Twitter. It's, there's a scene in like a season three-ish episode where Bob and Jean are freaking out at the same time and they're wearing matching raincoats. <laughs> <laughs> and it's entirely like, <laughs> it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell with, um, I, I wouldn't say this is a show that like has the best storyboarding or anime, or character animation, but sometimes they really knock it out of the park with the acting They'll just have um, Jean doing some very Bob acting. Like, they both clutch at their hair when they're upset. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, there's a later episode, too, where Jean freaks out in perfect sync with Linda, where they're both going, oh, no, God, why, no? (laughs) And it's it's really nice to see, like, where they got it from. Yeah. It's not like they're just a bunch of unrelated character archetypes kind of thrown under one roof there's actually like you can tell (laughs) that they're a family
0: yeah again to take it back to the simpsons like bart and lisa don't resemble their parents in any
2: way where did that come from Yeah. yeah
0: it's it's some you know it's one thing to have like one black sheep that it's like oh wow and you're the different one or whatever but yeah. is when it's just like what do you what is any of this family like this is not my experience of families
2: yeah Bob's Burgers has not been my experience of family just because i don't know um i i i didn't grow up in a big middle class family mm. but i do appreciate the uh swarthy representation <laughs> it's never clear what ethnicity they're supposed to be but whatever it is that's what i am because <laughs> i look exactly like a picture (laughs) wear it with pride yeah I do
0: (laughs) that's great well um, do we have any sort of closing Bob's Burgers thoughts anything that you wanted to uh, bring up that we haven't touched on yet Uh,
2: well I guess who's your favorite main character because I know you said it was Louise yeah it's gotta be Louise that is um, such a hard favorite, question yeah my favorite is probably it really depends on the day but my favorite's probably gene um he's re- he's really funny he gets a lot of good lines and i think eugene merman's delivery um it's like both way too big and too matter of fact like when <laughs> you haunted house episode uh-huh. that has my favorite gene line in it and it doesn't really it's not funny out of context like they just saw something really horrifying and bob says uh, no i'm sorry and Jean says let's talk about what we just saw i for one did not care for it <laughs> right really loudly but also really matter-of-factly and yeah. i just love that Jean merman thing it's very funny how about you yeah. alex
1: i gotta go with linda
2: yeah, fair enough, I, fair enough, she's I, great I'm,
1: She's probably the closest to me too So, I just, I get her
2: I want to get Linda She seems happy <laughs> She does, she lives in a good place Yeah, I would, I would say like in terms of disposition I'm probably a Jean But less happy <laughs> Oh no <laughs> Is Jean happy? I can never tell I think for the most part he yeah. I think so. There's there's an episode and I think it might be the same the haunted house one where where he and uh the family are in danger and he just whispers to to Bob, Dad, I'm having a really good job <laughs> He's like, Okay, thanks Gene. He's like, I just wa- I just wanted you to
0: know that I'm really <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you're doing a really good job. I'm having a good childhood. <laughs> I love that. He's so cute. Yeah yeah oh my god well and talk about uh punchlines about just where the punchlines just love my one another one of my favorite uh, um genisms is um dr yap their dentist Mm -hmm. uh like has them at a timeshare and he's like hey this room's soundproof you can do whatever you want here bob and linda and gene's like i'm gonna do i'm gonna go inside and he just shouts i love my family (laughs) 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 He's such a good boy.
0: Yes, <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> okay, well, if that's it, I think it's time to move on to our recommendations. Uh, anything that we've been watching or reading besides Bob's Burgers that <laughs> we are enjoying or wanna wanna give a shout out to? Uh, do you have anything this week, Alex?
1: I think I already mentioned, uh, what's it called? One Day at a Time.
0: Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah, yeah I want to recommend Aladdin. No, it's a definitely great cartoon not Aladdin. If you haven't seen it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Frozen trailer because it looks gritty and awesome.
0: It does. Elsa's a superhero.
1: Elsa's, I'm here for it. Elsa's, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, One Day at a Time. It's just so, like, positive and, uh, you're gonna cry and laugh your head off at the same time.
0: Uh, have you got anything that you might want to recommend, Rachel?
2: Um, the first season of Milo Murphy's Law. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show by the by the Phineas and Ferb guys. Mm. Um, it stars Weird Al Yankovic as um the fictional descendant of the eponymous Murphy from Murphy's Law. So shit just really bad around him all the time, but he's so positive. Um, he's kind of like Kenneth from 30 Rock, Aww. but voiced by Weird Al, so like a million times better. Um... <laughs> And it's a really it's a really funny show. It has good like visual gags. The second season has not been as good, so just watch the first season and tell me what you think. <laughs> and we can yell about Vinnie Dakota together, because he's my favorite character from anything ever. Yeah, he seems
0: to be sort of an okay. idol of yours at this point.
2: <laughs> mm, sort of. Uh, also into the Spider Verse is a really oh, good movie. It's so good. Yes. Um and I can't, like, recommend this in good conscience, but I've been watching a lot of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic again. <laughs> and I just really love the characters of Trixie and Starlight Glimmer. I think they belong together. Aww. <laughs> I do. Uh, well, Those two ponies belong together so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what I want to
0: recommend, and it's a little bit of an odd recommendation because it's just left the theaters, um, but it should probably end up on video pretty soon. Is a movie that none of y'all went to see and I'll never forgive you. It's The Kid Who Would Be King. I think I'm the only person in America who saw this film. (laughs) You would be correct. And it's so good. You guys, it's so good. I mean, it's just a silly, fun family movie about a little boy who finds Excalibur, and then he has to, like, face the undead armies of the witch Morgana, but it's super fun. It's just, like, it's really the best version of that that it could have been, because, you know, it's not complicated, and it doesn't try to pull one over on you, it doesn't have twists, like, it's just like, yeah he's a good kid and he has to learn some lessons in order to be a hero and you know it's about like you know oh our world is such a tumultuous place right now and unity is what's gonna you know solve some of these problems and you know just have you know be honorable and have scruples and do the right thing and that's what you can do as an ordinary person to make the world a better place
2: right now I agree with like 80% of that
0: (laughs) I mean it's a it's a children's movie so yeah, you know that is yeah, I'm
2: not a nuance <laughs>
0: but um it's I mean it's just wonderful fun it, there's some really cute sight gags there's this bit where because it's like yeah they're like modern British school kids who end up going on this journey across modern England to like stop Morgana and they end up like borrowing some ponies and they go to like a like a gift shop uh in Tintagel and get some like cheapy armor like souvenir armor and so like these children are like in armor like riding across Cornwall on these ponies and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life and the dude who plays Merlin he Easily passes for sixteen. In real life, he is twenty-four, but he. Oh, not the guy who played the kid in Love Actually and Ferb and Finances No, no, and no, no, not him. <laughs> uh, no, I love that guy. No, I I don't think that I've seen this gentleman in anything. I, he's done some stuff. I, I looked him up because I was like, who is this guy? Uh, he's done some stuff, but nothing that I've seen. But he easily passes for sixteen. He is so funny as Merlin. He is the funniest. Like, from the trailers, it looked a little dorky, but he's just extremely good. Like, he's he's got to deliver these lines that are very difficult to deliver earnestly, and he is just, like, 100% in it, saying these absurd old man wizard things, but he's, like... he's teen Merlin? He, well, the idea, because Merlin ages backwards. Yeah, I knew that. So, at this point in history, Merlin looks to be about 16 years old. Uh, and so they've got the 16 year old and they, he actually see, keeps switching back and forth between that actor and then uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, it's not the mechanics of why he sometimes is an old man aren't really made clear. It's fine. But he I honestly kind of wish I mean, as much as I love Patrick Stewart, I kind of wish that they hadn't because I, I I suspect they did this because there are certain lines that they didn't want to trust to a young actor and they needed some gravitas but I think the kid could have pulled it off. He's so good. Uh anyway, that's all to say. Tell me
2: this one thing. Y- y'all... Tell me this one thing. Hmm. Did you wear a long wizard beard as a teen? Please tell me it was a teen with a long gray wizard beard, please. No. Even if it's not lie to me. No lie to me. It's not. Though they did a fun thing. Because he
0: shows up he shows up in modern England nude. Um, He just sort of walks out of a stone circle like, well, here I am. And he has to like find some clothes and he ends up like getting a a big, (laughs) like a big giant (laughs) Led Zeppelin T-shirt that's too big for him. Uh, And it's very cute. Uh, No, he's just like dressed like a weirdo. Um, It's really funny. And the music is fantastic. That's one thing that really got me with this movie is the the soundtrack was really cool and good and felt very 80s and retro and this just sort of the movie itself felt kind of retro in its sort of
2: earnestness you know yeah it definitely, it definitely sounds like less taking itself seriously yeah and, and it, than... it did it well it had these moments of like
0: concept yeah it, it was meaningful but it wasn't like it was just, like, sweet and good, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, like, bogged down in the belief that it was meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Anyway, I've talked right? too much at length about this. Uh, all this is to say, it's coming out on video pretty soon, and you would do well to rent it because it's lovely and you missed out.
2: Mm.
0: And I think we've done plenty of talking for one day. Yeah,
2: my, <laughs> my, my belly hurts. <laughs> Your belly <laughs> I'm well it's the chicken nuggets it's <laughs> the nuggets it's
1: the nug that does it for today's episode thanks for listening you can find us on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google podcasts anchor.fm and elsewhere
0: please rate subscribe and review so more nerds can find us we appreciate it and it really does make a difference.
1: Come talk to us on Twitter. We're at Lit Merit Pod. We post news, updates, ask us questions. We love to interact with you guys. Y'all.
0: Mm-hmm. Y'all. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song Fraud from his album Artificial Heart.
1: Until next time, remember No, no guilty, guilty nuggets. nuggets. <laughs>